Midnight Facts for Insomniacs. <laughs> I just learned something. Oh, I'm having fun now. I think we only know of killing animals when he was young, and then he was just selling monkeys when he was older, which is still pretty crazy. Door-to-door monkey salesman. <laughs> and he never killed one. We don't have any records of him killing it's monkeys. It's true, we don't know. Maybe that's why people bought the monkeys, because they were like, if I don't buy this monkey... <laughs> This guy's going to kill this monkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I'll take it, buddy. <laughs> Hello, Zoo. All right, Duncan. Hit me, bro. Last time we did a cults episode, you were a big fan of sex cults. I mean, who isn't? Who wouldn't be? <laughs> any, uh, any other favorite cults? I probably don't have anything about them. <laughs> okay, good. But I could look into them for future episodes because I do want to keep revisiting this subject. I find it interesting. And oh, so okay. we're going to every once in a while we'll do a cult episode and just cover a couple more cults. Okay. Sort of a callback episode. Nice. You've heard of the Moonies. Yes. They were founded in 1954 in South Korea by a guy named Sun Myung Moon who claimed to be the Messiah, mm. which again, peak crazy. He didn't go all in. He wasn't like... All of your wives are now my wife. Yeah, he didn't go full Koresh. Right. Vernon. Vernon. Vern. Vernon. When he was 15, he said that Jesus came to him and anointed him the father of all humanity. Yeesh. He also believed that the Virgin Mary was not actually a virgin, which that's not, you know, that's kind of reasonable. I think he was like, we're, we're changing that because <laughs> I know how things work. Because <laughs> I... I've seen this. So he founded a conservative, like, family-oriented church with the goal of unifying the world through love or actually through arranged marriages and breeding. What most people know about the Moonies, if they only know one thing, is the mass weddings that they have performed. So three years after founding the Moonies, he divorced, (laughs) which is kind of hilarious. Um, Give me a minute. I just got to giggle about that. (laughs) Love, marriage, family, except for me. In 1960, he married Hak Jah Han, a woman he dubbed the true mother. So that's just kind of a slap in the face to whoever he just divorced. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> Glad we got rid of uh, fake, False fake mom. mama. Yeah. Not hypocritical. So his whole thing mm-hmm. is that he would arrange a bunch of single people, his followers, in a room, and then pair them up to be married based on their differences. Often people who didn't even speak the same language would be paired together in the theory was that their children would create a bridge between families of different backgrounds and cultures at one point in 1982 2,000 couples were blessed in madison square garden blark that's a big blessing imagine being the poor bastard who's just like oh yeah hey come check out this uh this group i hang out with and you walk into a room and he's like and now you're married to her <laughs> say wait wait what <laughs> i don't you know there's not a pamphlet the church was very lucrative, to say the least. In 1981, Moon was charged with three counts of willfully filing false federal income tax returns. He was given an 18-month sentence and a $15,000 fine. He served 13 months in jail. By 2012, he was traveling the world in a $15 million private jet. It's interesting to me that Jesus is maybe the only one who called himself the Messiah and then didn't also believe that that entitled, him to, entitled him to riches. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think he ever called himself a messiah. If anything, he's a prophet. He's somebody who's like, I have the knowledge. And that's about all he ever said. So, I don't know. Maybe that's why he wasn't like rolling deep with my, my crew of 12 homies. But maybe that's why they took him out. Yeah. He was like, I'm just a humble man. And they were like, so you're <laughs> saying you're vulnerable. <laughs> so you're saying your dad won't actually strike us dead? <laughs> you done. He's like, yes, uh, it is true that you can kill me. See you in a few days. 
you can kill me. I just won't stay dead. So he died later that year in 2012. His legacy is really mixed. He was virulently homophobic. He described gay people as dirty, dung-eating dogs. Mm. And he promised that a purge would eventually wipe out homosexuals. The church is still very active. That's another thing I find interesting about this particular cult, is not only how big it was and how popular, and, I mean, they were selling out Madison Square Garden for weddings. (laughs) They were the Kevin Hart of cults. (laughs) That's a great comparison. I love that. (laughs) They're weirdly as conservative as ever. Son's son, say that a few times, (laughs) Kook Jin, that's accurate, (laughs) also known as Justin, of course. Of course. I would change my name, too, if my name was Kook. Kook. Because, yeah. cult. And on the nose. <laughs> he owns a gun company. According to Justin, quote, every American should really have an AR. It's America's rifle. I oh. prefer America's ass. <laughs> on February 28th, 2018, the unification movement offshoot called Sanctuary Church, it's part of the Moonies, kind of a sect within the Moonies, they held a special blessing ceremony Along with crowns, the members were to bring a rod of iron. I guess they say rod of iron in the Bible, and he has interpreted that to be referring to an AR-15 semi-automatic rifle or the equivalent, such as an AK. If you care about God (laughs) and peace and and love. If you love the Lord, you best be packing. What the fuck? (laughs) And I love how he's cross-pollinating, too. He's like, we're going to take your money from not only the cult, but also buy our guns. Mm. And incidentally... AR-15s, not made of iron. Yeah, not so much. Mm. Mm. That'd be a heavy, uncomfortable gun. Oh, Jesus. No one wants a rod of iron. Have you ever, have you ever Except in up? a porn sense. I was going to say, when you, <laughs> when you said you must bring a rod of iron, I was like, phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Viagra. I got that. All right. <laughs> Present rods. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's the Moonies. Other than the virulent homophobia, I, I mean... Okay, you want to ruin your life with someone you don't love and, you know, procreate, I guess. And, like, give all your money to the church. I mean, it's still point taken. Mormons do that. They do. And I wouldn't want to be Mormon either. No. But point taken, as cults go, they're pretty benign. Yeah. There is a kernel of a good idea that was horribly implemented. Yeah. So let's go to a more wackadoodle, less benign cult. Sweet. Jonestown. Oh, goody. Yay. Yeah. So again, though, right, so many of these cults start with what seems like good intentions. Right. Because you know about Jim Jones. Right. He was a civil rights leader. Again, this was a guy who wanted to mix races. He was a very progressive dude. Yeah. And a psychopath. (laughs) That part I didn't know. Like, I know at the end it didn't end well. Um, Oh, no. But he was bonkers. So, he was born in 1931 in Indiana. He claimed that his father was a Klan member and that they had become estranged due to his father's racism. Uh, he was highly respected throughout his life up until... <laughs> not, not so much. Well, I would say throughout his life. And it was pretty much post-mortem. They, they were like, oh, oops. Oh, 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 oh wow. <laughs> oh, the signs were there. <laughs> like, childhood acquaintances recalled him as a, quote, really weird kid. They alleged that he frequently held funerals for small animals on his parents' property, that he might have 
caused the... I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> was he also mortician and executioner? Yeah, they said that he had stabbed a cat to death. So, you know, red flags. Oof. Politically, he was the opposite of Sun Moon. Jim Jones identified as a communist during the McCarthy era. Ooh, that could have been good. Yeah, he was persecuted to some extent mm. during McCarthyism, but he hid his communist sympathies for a long time. Racial unification was his big goal. In 1956, he established the People's Temple specifically as a multiracial church. Meanwhile, he was studying Adolf Hitler to learn how to manipulate and subjugate his followers. Well, at least he went to the source. Yeah, if you want to manipulate people, that is a good mentor. Mm. But not if you want to racially mix your society. Yeah, there must have been a lot of editing in those notes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, ooh, no, no, yes, okay, keep him, and hate, gotta hate somebody, maybe? Oh, shit. Well, we don't know how Jim Jones felt about the Jews. Maybe he was like, but Hitler hated black people. Yeah. Famously. Anyone. Anyone, pretty much, who wasn't, you know, Aryan. Yeah. As he defined it. And he wasn't himself. Always the greatest irony. Yeah. One of Jim Jones' mentors, Father Divine, known as Reverend Major Jealous Divine. He was this very flamboyant (laughs) black preacher who was also kind of a cult leader and Mm. a real weirdo. He looks like a preacher pimp. I mean, that's nice. great. Like, Jealous Divine sounds yeah. like a preacher pimp. And a porn star. And a porn star. He was a fellow cult leader who claimed to be God, of course. He told Jim Jones to find an enemy and to make sure that everyone knows who the enemy is, as it would unify those in the group and make them subservient to him. So it's interesting how specific and intentional so much of this was. Yeah. Preaching racial equality Yeah, and studying Hitler... And stabbing the occasional cat. I mean, where are you going to take all that, you know, hostility that you build up trying to be all compromising, you know, communist? <laughs> got to get that anger out somewhere. Yeah. Quote, to raise money, he imported monkeys and sold them door to door as pets. Fucking what? So that happened. I just threw that in there. It's a thing that happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you said you just threw that in there for a split second. You were like, I just totally made that shit up. I was like, all right, well done. Fucking I got me. Just, I should just, in every subject... Just insert, like, one blatant falsehood and see if you pick up on it. (laughs) Really? Really? That one's true. That's fucking odd. Mm. He became a legitimate integrationist hero. He helped integrate the police department, an amusement park, a theater, a hospital. He worked to expose Nazis and racists while simultaneously studying Hitler. (laughs) Simultaneously studying the greatest of them to be one of them? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> what a great summation of that whole... Okay. <laughs> he adopted children from other countries. He adopted a Native American child and a black child, which for the time, very gutsy and progressive for a psychopath. I was going to say, almost seems like if he's killing animals, that should have been like another red flag. Like, I'm just going to blatantly defy social mores around me, even if they're wrong. Like, I think we only know of killing animals when he was young. And then he was just selling monkeys when he was older, which is I, I still was pretty ask. crazy. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to ask. <laughs> door to door. Door to door monkey salesman. <laughs> and he never killed one. We don't have any records of him killing it's monkeys. That's true. We don't know. Yeah. Were they like taxidermied monkeys? Yeah, I cannot imagine just little capuchin like perched on dude's shoulder on my porch. Like, hey, want a monkey? Maybe that's why people bought the monkeys because they were like, if I don't buy this monkey, 
This guy's going to kill this monkey. <laughs> I can just see it in his eyes. This monkey's a goner. He's not right. He's just not right. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll take it, buddy. <laughs> Hello, zoo. Yeah, really. <laughs> he, uh, in the 1970s, Jones started pivoting away from Christianity. He was started rejecting the Bible, calling it a tool to oppress women and non-whites, and denouncing the, quote, sky god, who he said was no god at all. So not really Christian in anymore not not so much no more that's not pivoting away from the bible to say that's 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 a hard spin that's a hard right <laughs> yeah that's not a pivot that's, that's a, a hard 180 60 yeah no 360, 360 you'd be back to yes yeah, it's hard 180 <laughs> it's a hard 180 <laughs> he wrote a book Shane's learning his degrees <laughs> I'll be the navigator. I was now. an english major not a math major <laughs> he wrote a booklet titled the letter killeth criticizing the bible and okay. began preaching that he was the reincarnation of Gandhi, Father Divine, who apparently had passed on by then. So he's now uh, an Indian, a black pimp. He said he was Jesus, Buddha, and Vladimir Lenin. Well, I don't know how they all fit in one dude. So he just outed himself as having dissociative, dissociative. personality, yeah, DID. So in 1977, he relocated the church to San Francisco, which, that's a good move. I mean, if you're going to go weird, it's a good yeah. place to do it. Mm-hmm. Less cats to kill, too. He relocates the church to San Francisco partly because he's anticipating the publication of this article that's coming out that details physical, emotional, and sexual abuse of his followers. From him? Yeah. Ooh. It was kind of an expose. He knew it was coming out. He knew it was going to be bad. He had been doing some missionary work down in South America in Guyana. Mm. And so he relocated the temple to Guyana. So he goes to San Francisco, then to Guyana, to a church that he had already been constructing. He kind of was like, all right, we're out. I'm not going to deal with the fallout of this. Hmm. And he bailed. He was about to be Me Too'd. And he was like, not having it. Peace out. He starts fathering kids left and right. Of course, he's also boning a lot of his followers who are married to other men within the group. It's not going over great. People aren't just rolling over for it, so to speak. They kind of are, but I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of resentment. Yeah. It's tense. It's like a little prima nocta going on there. Mm -hmm. People are like... Surfs are getting restless. Surfs are getting restless. (laughs) Meanwhile, the family members of many of his followers back home were talking. They were alleging human rights abuse. They were demanding an investigation. And also, it doesn't look good when you know an article is coming out, people are accusing you of stuff, and you flee the country across a fucking ocean no you could drive from here to guyana you oh, i was okay I'm, i thought guyana you would was in africa cross the panama canal but you okay. could you can do that so it all comes to a head in 1978 mm. so a congressman and then some of the family members of these people and and a camera crews were mm. like going down there to confront jim jones mm. but the situation turned ugly when 15 temple members agreed to leave with the crew so they right away Got some people who were like, you know what? We would like... My wife back, not pregnant. Yeah. We want to take our kids that I don't even know if they're mine. (laughs) And (laughs) we want to go back home. So that didn't go over well. And as they prepared to board planes at the local airstrip, Jones's Red Brigade militia attacked, shooting and killing five of them, including the congressman. We know the basics of what happened after the congressman left. Quote, a 44-minute cassette tape known as the Death Tape records part of the meeting that Jones called inside the pavilion in the early evening of November 18th, 1978, with the assembly gathered 
a large metal tub was filled with grape flavor aid, not Kool-Aid, plus Valium and cyanide, and Finnergan and chloral hydrate. I don't mm. know what those are. I feel like the Valium and the cyanide was enough, but you got to really be sure. They were very thorough. I mean, and I hope it was a lot of Valium, because cyanide is not a fun way to go. This crowd was surrounded by armed guards, offering members the basic dilemma of death by poison or, or else. Cries and screams of children and adults were easily heard on the tape recording. As more temple members died, eventually the guards themselves were called in to die by poison. Jones didn't take the poison himself. He shot himself in the head. 909 church members died. Almost a thousand people. Yeah. And a lot of kids. Lots of kids. Sweet fuck. Before it was over, a message was sent to the temple's headquarters in Georgetown, the capital city of Guyana instructing all the remaining members to commit revolutionary suicide. Temple member Sharon Amos called her children into a bathroom, killed two of them with a knife. The third, 21-year-old Leanne, assisted Sharon in suicide and then finished herself off with a knife. So Jesus, four more deaths that weren't there that were just related. And suicide, not very revolutionary. Like, not a, not a new thing. <laughs> so, not. yeah, and even if you're not thinking of it as being revolutionary in the sense of being new. Like novel, yeah. Novel, mm-hmm. and you're thinking of revolutionary in the sense of being a way to F the man. The man is not intimidated by your taking of your own life. The revolution is now four people fewer. It's <laughs> not a like, revolutionary <laughs> act. You're going along with the man at that point. The man's like, thanks. Appreciate that. Good call. <laughs> Oh, one more. So, another suicide cult. Goody. Heaven's Gate. Okay, these people. All right. So, the 1970s was the era of New Age mysticism, and apparently the era of people killing each other in mass. Back then, they perpetrated school shootings with National Guardsmen. Yeah. At the same time, uh, kids who had been raised on science fiction of the 1950s were now adults. And in today's lingo, I think you could say UFOs were trending. I've told you this before, but I remember that my mom used to listen to a tape, a cassette tape, of a woman who was claimed to be channeling an alien and would speak in weird voices. She would be like, you should go to the <laughs> government Every and Every time you do that voice, I lose it. <laughs> it's, it was so creepy. I remember it really clearly and being creeped out by it. Channeling aliens was called a walk-in where the person would let an alien walk into their body and say stuff. (laughs) And aliens care about your love life? Yeah. What is the thinking here? What's the alien doing? He just spends his time up in space looking for people to jump into and give advice. He doesn't have alien shit to take care of. He doesn't have any alien business going on. Aliens are bored. Space masturbation? <laughs> do, you, do you want to take advice from someone who has nothing else to do other than jump in people's bodies and talk about your love life? So this, this is the space so, equivalent of like nerds in their basement, their mom's basement. It's no, it's it's galactic Oprah. Like, Jesus. So two misfits met in a hospital. She was a nurse, and he was supposedly they say he was visiting a sick friend. That's how he met her. But it was a psychiatric hospital, so I'm wondering if he. Knowing what we know about him later, I don't know if he was visiting. Yeah. And they just kind of clicked. Two crazy people are like magnets. And Dude, you don't go to a psychiatric ward to find friends? How, how did we meet? <laughs> <laughs> so his name was Marshall Applewhite. He was a science fiction fan, 
and the very sexually confused son of a minister. And her name was Bonnie Lou Nettles. She was a Bible and astrology obsessed, divorced mother of four. And the two of them created a religion together. Very unlikely messiahs. Yeah. But aren't they all? Is there a likely messiah? (laughs) Does the job counselor come in and just be like, messiah. Feeling messiah. Have you considered the messianic arts? (laughs) Messianic uh, course offered by Santa Clara University. (laughs) You should look into uh, brainwashing people. (laughs) And... Basic mind and social control. <laughs> that means that person might not like you that much. Bill, uh, I would. I was thinking uh, maybe be a chef. Mm. Sandy, uh, mass suicide. <laughs> Sandy, kill yourself. And kill and other. Take some other people. And with take you. The, some morons with you. To please. be fair, these people mostly are taking out crazies. Like these are voluntary, a lot of the time. Yeah. And therefore, you know, less crazies. I mean, there's no way to respond to that and still seem like I have a soul, so I'm going to just move on. (laughs) So they developed an elaborate mythology for themselves, mixing the Bible, aliens, prophecies, Armageddon, Judgment Day, and astrology. They referred to themselves as the two, or tea and dough, from the sound of music. So she was tea and he was dough, which, okay. (laughs) They believed that their mission was to lead humans to a better path, and their ultimate fate would be to be martyrs. So from the beginning, they were ready and willing to die. And that's an extreme starting point. I'm seeing just a, a, an entire cornrow of red flags just popping up here. <laughs> right? Like, just, wait, what? <laughs> so they started kind of traveling around like you do to gather a flock, right? Mm, yeah. Got to hit all the Walmarts. So here are the specifics of their beliefs. They believed that the world was going to be wiped clean sometime before 2027. Everyone's soul was going to be wiped out by aliens. So they had to exit their vehicles. They referred to their bodies as vehicles. They had to exit the vehicle at some point before then and get off this planet. So upshot, aliens are dicks. They believed that they were going to go to a better place. But why do you want to be with these intergalactic genocidal yeah. fucktards yeah these are the hitlers of the galaxy <laughs> but you want to jump on a craft with them okay so around this time uh, apple white starts claiming that he's a walk-in that he's just a shell inhabited by some extraterrestrial spirit that by the way the same one that had inhabited jesus so he didn't believe that he was inhabited by Jesus. He believed that Jesus was inhabited by an alien, and that same alien was now in him. Just kind of a spin. I was going to say. <laughs> he was very confused about his sexuality. He was very uncomfortable with his sexuality. And I think he had a lot of guilt and shame over his feelings of bisexuality because he was definitely sexually confused. Yeah. I thought he was homosexual. I didn't think he was bi. He was, it seems, bisexual because mm. he may have had some type of a relationship with T. Bonnie. Mm-hmm. He was conflicted and on the spectrum, <laughs> multiple spectrums. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm seeing spectrums. The sexuality spectrum, the sanity spectrum, all the spectrums. They referred to the next level of evolution as the evolutionary level above human, shortened to the acronym TELA, T-E-L-A-H. So they wanted to achieve TELA. It was actually a physical corporeal place. It was another world in our universe where residents lived in pure bliss and nourished themselves by absorbing pure sunlight. They were plants. (laughs) You're like, I want to become a vegetable. I want to be grass. (laughs) Pretty much what we are aspiring to. (laughs) 
At the next level, beings do not engage in sexual intercourse. Of course, it's gross. Ew. Eating or dying, those things, pretty gross too. Those are kind of gross. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of defecation or mastication. It just feels gross sometimes. And dying, I don't want to do that. But uh, they believe that evil space aliens called Luciferians, good good name for them, I guess. I was going to say, they, they really reached for that one. I like how they just borrow from everything. Right. It's yeah. just a little bit of whatever they need, cross-pollination. A little Gandhi would <laughs> sprinkle in perfectly with a this. A little bit of Lucifer in my <laughs> mind. A little bit of Gandhi in my wine. <laughs> I'm going to throw a little boot at these suckers. They'll eat it right up. <laughs> the members of Heaven's Gate added the suffix Odie to their names. And they would be like, hey, Duncan Odie, go get Shane Odie. It's time for dinner. Except a lot of times they used people's characteristics. So you would be a bald Odie mm. or a beard Odie. <laughs> I'll take bald Odie. Bald Odie works. <laughs> bald Odie. If you had like a mafia uh, Heaven's Gate member, you'd be like, where's the bald Odie? <laughs> where's my Odie? <laughs> I know, like, what if they picked just random mean things about you? It's like, where's the douchebag Odie? Where's the... Where's the always takes 45 minutes in the shower Odie? Where's arm funk Odie? <laughs> they did, but they had, like, tall Odie. There was a tall Odie. There was Mel Odie. So she was like, Mel Odie. Aha! Uh-huh. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> they made their money, by the way, out of... Uh, by designing websites. They were website... Designing cult. Okay. Wow. In okay. the 90s now at this point. Okay. So the arrival of the comet hale in 1997, this fit perfectly into their narrative. By the way, the woman, Bonnie, T, had passed on at this point, which was very awkward. Yeah. Considering that she was supposedly, she was actually higher up in the organization than Doe. And that's who we think of as being the leader of this cult. It actually was the woman. She was the leader he took all his cues from her. Mm-hmm. And so it was very awkward when she then died. And they had to revise everything and be like, oh, by the way, a couple aliens came early and she jumped on with them and didn't tell us and bailed. Mm-hmm. She died of cancer. And so, yeah, it caused some rifts. <laughs> a little weird. Uh, how? I mean, they've, they've accepted all this weird shit so far. All you're going to need to be is she, transfer, she transitioned early. She's going to meet us there. She's preparing the way. Like, how hard is it to... I guess it was something like that. And you're right. If you're willing to buy all this other stuff, you're along for the ride. Right. They all donned matching tracksuits and Nike sneakers. By the way, they purchased the tracksuits because they were fans of Star Trek. Mm -hmm. And then they purchased the Nike sneakers because, quote, they had got a good deal. (laughs) (laughs) You don't get to be the leader of a cult and not be thrifty. I mean, you know. Didn't they... Or at least Applewhite and a couple other people get castrated in Mexico? They did. So, actually, he was convinced by some of his followers who really bought into this to do it. He wasn't the first one to do it. The first one to do it, they did it at home. They botched it. The guy's balls blew up like a balloon. And uh, after that, they went and did it in Mexico. Because the hospitals in America presumably won't do that for you. Yeah. Whereas the hospitals in Mexico are like, you want me to cut off your balls, gringo? Yeah. (laughs) Let me see the money first. Okay, let's do it. Game on. <laughs> so, yes. So, over the course of three days, they took phenobarbital mixed with pudding or applesauce with a vodka chaser. Usually, you chase vodka with something else. They're chasing applesauce with vodka. They're like, mmm, tasty applesauce. What this needs is some isopropyl <laughs> alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> they wrapped plastic bags over their heads. That'll finish you off. 
Asphyxia will do it every time. And they evacuated the Earth in groups. The living participants would arrange the dead. Quote, once dead, a living member would arrange the body by removing the plastic bag from the person's head. You know, courtesy. <laughs> they then posed the body so that it lay neatly in its own bed with the face and torso covered by a square purple cloth for privacy. Gotta have vehicle privacy. That's the thing I don't get is like, if it's just a vehicle yeah. and you're trying to escape it and evolve past it, the fuck do you care what it looks like? I believe the idea was that they knew that this was going to get a lot of publicity and they wanted it to look a voluntary b kind of organized and well thought out. Mm-hmm. They were like, we don't want to look nuts. Who'd have thunk it? So it was actually optics. It was like marketing. Oh man. Because they were website designers. Yeah, and they knew what that was. Jesus. The sad part, uh, so, well, you know, the sad part is that a bunch of people die. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, according to what we were talking about earlier, isn't that sad, though? Yeah, it isn't. I mean, it's interesting. I find this particular cult weirdly the least damaging and weirdly the most sympathetic. Yeah. It was all voluntary. They weren't like Jim Jones, where they were like, you're surrounded by armed guards Drink your flavor aid. Right. This was like they were videotaping themselves days before, singing songs. They were doing outings. They were going on field trips. They were going to the zoo. They were having a grand old time. And these were not happy people in their regular lives. You don't join a cult if things are going great. Not typically. At least not one of these kind of cults where you give up everything and... So it wasn't, like, creepy to me. Like, they weren't doing weird sex stuff where one guy was fucking everybody else's wife and power trips. Right. It was a very egalitarian thing. The guy, Applewhite, wasn't even really the leader. He was just kind of, like, the organizer. He didn't. They didn't really do what he said. They just all kind of came to consensus. And it really is interesting. I find this cult almost kind of a charming. Yeah. They're, like, very innocent. They just all wanted to not be on this planet anymore. And they found a mythology that would support their decision to do that. And they got to live it up at the end. Who knows? Maybe they're on the comet right now. I know what I'm putting my money on. <laughs> I'm, if, if I'm a betting man, <laughs> I think they, it was just they just tragically died. Even, yeah. And it blinked out of existence and didn't even get the chance to go, oh. Yeah, like swing and a miss, son of a bitch. They don't. I think it's kind of sad that they all died, but I'm also oddly sort of Japanese in my view of suicide. It's like, it's your life, man. Yeah. So to me, that's like, if you want to take yourself out, I don't have to support the decision because it's not mine. And I don't. And we're certainly not advocating for suicide. But I do think that if you are a person who is so miserable and unhappy that it's almost selfish for people to tell you not to do something with your own life. At the same time, you know, I've been in really dark places and I'm glad I had people trying to talk me out of it. And I would, you or anyone that I love and care about, I would 100% go all in on, you know, trying to get them to not do it. Yeah. But at the same time, in a philosophical or theoretical context, I don't see why people shouldn't be allowed to. Yeah. It's only when I'm invested in someone that I care and I selfishly do want them to stick around for me and for themselves because I think it'll get better. I think that maybe... 20 years from now, those people would have been like, oh, God, I'm glad we didn't... Off ourselves, yeah. Our lifestyle is totally accepted now, and we can be gender neutral, and we can just be nerdy web designers. I mean, fuck, for all we know, they would have come up with, like, a Google equivalent and Nerds kicked some ass. rule the world now. Yeah, so there is tragedy in it, and at the same time, 
their decision. Yep. You have the right to jump on that comet. If you want to vacate your vehicle, no one can stop you unless you do it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> or try and take someone with you who isn't quite as down. You know what? Leave everyone in their vehicles. Don't mess with <laughs> anyone else's vehicle. Don't be carjacking. Don't be dragging people out the vehicle. That's not cool. So that's uh, our second installment of Colts. There will be more to come. I still am interested in Colts. I don't think we're going to do this every other week, but it'll be once yeah. every few months or so. So we've come to that part of the show where I'm actually going to try and do this now instead of Shane always doing it, taking an active role in our furthering the podcast. So the one thing we ask that will aid us in having more insomniac time for you and all of your friends who join is to rate and or review on Apple Podcasts because that's the gold standard. Shove us up the ranks, spread it, make everyone an insomniac, and uh, apparently we have an Instagram, thank you, Shane, at Midnight Facts for Insomniacs, and most of all, spread it. Sleep is weakness. Knowledge is power. We really want to build the midnight masses. Yes. So one thing that I was talking about before mm. with you is that I listen to a ton of podcasts, and I realize like, I never rate and review, and I never tell anyone about it. I just enjoy the podcast and I feel like I'm doing my part by listening. And you are and we appreciate it. But I have become much more in tune to like, oh, it actually matters to like to spread the word a little bit. And I'm not going to plug any shows yet again because we are still on lockdown here in Santa Cruz. And so far, all of my shows up until April 4th are definitely canceled. But I did add a bunch of shows from Optimistic Bookers in May. And all those shows are on my website, shanerogers.net and uh, go there you can check out what i've got coming up and if the virus cooperates i will be doing a bunch of shows in mid-april and a lot of shows in may as it stands we'll probably be upping our podcast game just because we've got nothing else to do it's either that or you know sit with our wives and partners all the time i love my girlfriend i love my wife this virus or as i refer to it the relationship test <laughs> i'm going a little yeah. stir crazy so uh, we will be doing uh, regular podcasting and building up some episodes all right guys cheers peace